due to the graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. Starting the show! Everybody start the show! Going crazy. Welcome to Problematic Cats with the Brubaker Brothers. I'm Jason. Hi, I'm Jeremy. I have <laughs> no idea why we just did a circus open, but <laughs> I don't even know what I was gonna say. I almost said sideshow Bob, but <laughs> fuck, kill Bart. I, I can't. Phrases. I can't sound like Kelsey Grammer at all. Yeah, that dude has a, a fucking unique voice. Miles. Miles, I have to kill Bart. Yeah, he has a really unique voice. Like, it's automatically recognizable. It's all the cocaine, I think. It, it could be. I mean, what what would the tonnage amount be of cocaine that you would need to modify your voice like Kelsey Grammer? No, I don't know. But they, I've heard behind the scenes Frasier stuff, and Frasier was kind of a not a crazy show for them to be wild cokeheads. But Kelsey Grammer and uh, David Hyde Pierce and like everybody on the fucking set were crazy about that white stuff. Really? Yeah, man. It was such a highbrow, like <coughs> smart people comedy. You know Cocaine what I mean? Cocaine is a smart people drug. I argue that point. Well, uh. At least in the 80s, it was. Uh, I know that was the 90s, but... It was an everybody drug back then. Yeah. Why'd you cut off? What do you mean, why'd I cut off? Did you say anything? No. It's an everybody drug, and and, then I kind of just thought about cocaine for a second, and then everything went funny. (laughs) (laughs) I started having Vietnam flashbacks. Yeah. The days when Coca-Cola had the good stuff in it. Too bad it doesn't still. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, work would be more fun. We we were talking earlier about the that stupid fucking what do you have it to read it verbatim so I don't sound like a bumbling idiot right now? Do you think but, I had to do a little more research before I just dox this fucking site? I it, the statement alone I think should be doxxed because it's outrageous. Let's see. Conservative right wing news dot com. It it reminds me of a Christians against Michelle Bachman uh, post. I think that's the name of the Facebook page. If you haven't ever seen. No, it's Christians for Michelle Bachman. I think it's some of the most ridiculous parodied uh, conservative memes I've ever seen in my life. All right, conservativerightwingnews.com. Oh, my God, that is a fucking mouthful. This is good radio right here. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, Well, then don't leave me hanging while I'm searching. I found it. I found it. Um, Well, I was doing it on my phone, so. The headline is, Will having gay sex soon be required for all American citizens? And then in parentheses... (laughs) It says excluding Muslims, question mark. <laughs> this has got to be a parody site. Look at this fucking abortion. I didn't look at the website because just the the statement alone is ludicrous. 
Um, you know, <laughs> gays and lesbians fought so hard for so long for uh, same sex, you know, uh, marriage equality. Well, now it's time for some inequality in the other way. They're going to force it. They're going to force it down our throats, literally. There was so much dialogue about it being a choice for so long. And then finally, society was like, people are born this way. Why don't we just accept that? Okay, this this site, finish what you're saying, because it's definitely more poignant than what I'm about to say. I think that it's it's the wrong thing. Thing to even put out there because it's taking away from what we would say as a natural thing at this point you know like it's not gonna they can't mandate it just like the people who are gay or lesbian or bi or you know whatever variation they are they didn't choose that yeah. you know what i mean it's it's fucking ludicrous I'm calling it right now. This is either 100% satire site or... That shit crazy? Have you ever got, not like religious tract, but like um, a couple times since I'm living in Tyrone, I've got a, uh, it's like a Xeroxed newsletter, like six pages front and back or something that are obviously hand stapled together. And it's got some of the most batshit crazy things ever. Like it's it's like some open dialogue about how the the kikes and stuff are trying to Holy hold shit. us down. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, Christians like, are actually using that terminology. Yeah, yeah, they're throwing down the kike wow. word. Yeah, and like, oh my god, I have to find. I kept it for like a year. Because when I needed a good laugh, I would read some of the shit in this. And I think it's just yeah. one guy is literally going to a print shop and then, like, hand-delivering it into people's mailboxes to get his agenda out. Wow. I've got, like, three or four of them in six or seven years in Tyrone. And it's like, man, this dude, I would pay him for this insane shit. Because <laughs> it's, like, you want to talk about Chapo Trap House fucking hot takes. These guys are <laughs> insane. Okay, now, back to uh, conservativerightwingnews.com. At least on mobile, it has all of their, uh, what's the word, keywords, like hashtags. Yeah, very, yeah. Very boldified on top of the headlines for some reason. They're not hidden. They're not in the metadata or anything. They're just huh. out in the open. So on... Headline will will having gay sex soon be required for all American citizens, excluding Muslims. Here's the key words, okay? <laughs> gay gay mafia and Islamic jihad. Gays rule America, USA. Islam kills gays, homosexuals. Muslims kill gays, transvestites, transgender gays. Wow. It's literally they're just throwing everything. It's a fucking soup. So it's just a bunch of hate soup is what it is. It's what it is. If this site's real, it's crazy hate. Well, even if it's not real, there's people out there that are going to that are going to read it because they're conservative or right wing or what the fuck ever. And yeah. they're going to read that shit and it's going to feed that that yeah. hate. It's, yeah, exactly. it's, it's propaganda, man. It's, yeah, the propagandizing of everything anymore is just ridiculous. The fact I've, that 
there has to be one side or another in anything is at this point ridiculous. I've said it recently on this show on DFC. I've said it so many times. The Democrats and Republicans are two sides on the same coin. Like, yep. They all have their fucking agendas and they literally just fucking flip a coin for. Oh, my God. Until there's actually a third choice that is a different choice, that is a viable option. Fucking democracy is a joke. It's a fucking fallacy. I agree with that. Holy shit. That came out my head and then I'm like. I don't know if we're releasing this one. <laughs> well, no. I mean, you know, it's it's real talk because for people – for No, for people that are independent or progressive or any of the other parties that don't have major representation – Money. You know, it's, it's a minority. They don't have – well, money is representation. I mm-hmm. guess I should have prefaced what I said with the people that don't have the money. The yeah. people that are actually thinking about the issues and trying to find – a positive solution that benefits both sides or but all people. We're supposed to be benefiting all people of the land of America. They don't give a fuck about the people. Are you uh, kidding me? They don't maybe, give a fuck. About maybe the, the way people. I uh, romanticize the democracy that we were taught, you know, makes me think that it's still by the people and for the people. But you know getting one side to hate another i mean it's it's a perpetual cold civil war all right just so uh i'm definitely cribbing fucking nick mullen on come down from this one but uh <laughs> okay dude's got like, some legit ideas i mean he's... no I, I like okay this was written two years ago three years ago Almost to the day, three years ago. The list of Clinton associates associates who allegedly died mysteriously. Check it out. As of 2016, there's 46 people on the list. Jesus. Not included on this list are the four men that were uh, killed in Benghazi. Um, Oh, wow. 90% of these are suicide people, real people with real families that just had a fucking loose association with the Clintons, you know. And uh, James McDougal, the Clintons' convicted Whitewater partner, died of an apparent heart attack while in solitary confinement. He was a key witness in Ken Starr's investigation. Now, that one, James McDougal, I don't know. He was probably a fat dude. That's possible. Check this one out. Mary Mahoney. Former White House intern was murdered July 1997 at a Starbucks coffee shop in Georgetown. It was a botched robbery. Oh, that's a quote botched robbery. It was a fucking mafioso type hit at a fucking Starbucks. So it didn't look like a Clinton was killing them. Um, They've done countless, um, you know, we'll just say fictional representations of. When irony meets, uh, you know, plausible deniability in our yeah. consumable sides of media like TV and movies and shit. You should check this list out. It's fucking crazy. It's it's Died probably going to get you into the head. It's probably oh. going to get you on a no fly list. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've flown once in my life. It's not all that. Um, 
at least while we have Democrats in office, we're good right now. Trump will let me fly. He wants this bitch in jail anyhow, so. <laughs> what I don't understand is how, oh, my God, Hillary Clinton just became the Joker. Vince Foster dies All of a she would need wound. would be a purple pantsuit to match the rest of her wardrobe, and I'm pretty sure she would fit right in. Died of a gunshot wound to the head, ruled a suicide from the it back was... of the head. Two shots to the back of the head, suicide it was. Was it an automatic pistol? No. Well, then it wasn't two shots, suicide. Yeah, and there's no such thing. No. You stop shooting once the first one hits your dome. And oh my it... god, all these are gunshot suicides. Like, if, if nothing else, they're really good at... Oh, there's a hanging suicide. They probably have some really good marksmen. Let's look at a current list. The Clinton kill list 2019. I guarantee <laughs> this is this is putting me on a list right now. Clinton body count conspiracy reemerges after the Epstein suicide attempt in quotes. Wow. Oh, my God. So what did he do? Did he overpower his assassin with his wit and and money or, or what? I don't, I don't know what happened, but they were initially saying it was a hanging, but they found claw marks on his neck. So somebody either fucking pushed out or got a balls tap or something. And yeah. uh, Mullen said that uh, this guy that tried the assassination was a former cop that has like a body count of like four people and he's doing time in this jail. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This. Come on. I want an active body count here. You're probably not going to get accurate numbers on something so. Uh, Ooh, Conservatopedia. The Conser- Conservatopedia. Oh, see. good. That would almost be an endless source of episodes for us, I'm sure. Well, now they have the fucking Waco massacre on there. That's like. That was Janet Reno, but I guess they were pulling the strings there. But I don't know. This shit's boring. Who cares? Um, <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? Um, because fuck, fuck those people. Yeah, I mean the we're not Rebel a political. Radio. Yeah, we're not we're not trying to be political. It's just that headline did not sit well with me at all. It just it disgusted me, you know, and I had to say something about it because for fuck's sake, going to one extreme or another is never going to solve all the problems. That's what makes me think it's satire. But well, media consumption is on it again. Read it again, though. (laughs) Will gay sex soon be required? What are they going to do? Forcibly rape you? That's not. That's not viable. That's not sustainable. You can't do that. Dude. Of course. There's been horrible, horrible fucking travesties of humanity throughout all of human history. So I'm pretty sure, like, if they really wanted to set up, like, a gay rape camp, they would. Yeah, Yeah, true. True. But it's, it's, it's just for straight boys, though. Well, they're gonna they're gonna indoctrinate them. Wow. Did you hear uh, Five Finger Dick Punch is putting out a new album? I really couldn't 
care less. It's just going to fuel some more Kyles for more raids for, or the Area 51 raid. Get the drywall. Ooh. Get the drywall. I wonder if it comes with a uh, a free four pack of energy drinks. Better be Red Bull. I don't know which, you the know. Orange you, Red Bulls. You know they make a pear flavored one? Is but it, it it's only diet. comes it only yeah it only comes in sugar free I had no interest in that because yeah. if I'm gonna consume liquid fucking energy I want it to have as much sugar in it as possible right right I I don't know I pretty much drink sugar free soda at this point but when I go for an energy drink I need it to have sugar in it because something about the taurine or guarine or bull semen or whatever's in it it's, it's probably bull jizz yeah. I had somebody at work tell me there's actual bull jizz in Red Bull, and that's why they call it Red Bull. I'm like, yeah, yeah, does it, you're right. Does it give the same effect straight from the source? I mean, oh yeah, virility. <sighs> yeah, you'll be blowing bull loads after that. <laughs> <laughs> I am Brahma bull. The Ukraine is strong. Basic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah, Would man. you like to making fuck basic? <laughs> mm. Kevin uh, Smith lost a lot of weight. Did I, I show saw you that? that. Yeah, I saw that man. He looks really good. Good he for looks, him. Yeah, he, he looks, was looking pretty unhealthy for a while. Yeah, he looks like he's he's doing good for himself. I mean, I haven't really seen much of his work lately. Um, you know, he, he kind of really been putting a lot of shit out. Uh, he did that. Uh, what the fuck was it? It was like a cold state or some shit. Uh, this has probably been t- eight, ten years ago now. I don't even know. Jersey it, girl. No, no, it was. Um, <laughs> Gili. Did he do that movie also? No, I don't think so. Uh, it was around say. the same time, I think. But it was when Ben and J-Lo were together. Oh, that's been a while. It's been a day or two. Why do I even know that? I don't know. I think it's ingratiated into our brains. I, yeah, popular culture and media just kind of uh, makes uh, you know these things. Kevin Spacey. Did you see that fuck went to one of his arraignments with a cheese pizza? Wow, that's not subliminal messaging at all, is it? Well, between Pizzagate and the CP thing, it's like, yeah, wow, dude. That's... Like, like, deliberately. Like, he's literally just antagonizing that's, at this point. Yeah, that's sociopathic. That's what that is. I think he might be. Did you see the video he put yes. out in character? Like, he looked completely batshit. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay red state you're talking about came red out in state 2011. Yeah. yeah that's what Jesus. i said it's been eight or ten years since yeah. i've watched anything of his he put out a comedy body horror movie called tusk yoga hosers holidays i've never heard any of this shit there's a Jay and Silent, Re- uh, Silent Bob reboot coming out. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see that because I did like the um, the other. I'm sorry, one. but if if you're if you got a thing that you're known for the thing, keep doing the fucking thing. Bring back Randall and Dante and have Jay and Silent Bob in it and fuck. Bring back oh. uh, what's his face, 
Brody on Mallrats, fucking Jason Lee. Yeah, I'm surprised he never made another Mallrats because there was with, talks for a while when Stan Lee was still alive that they were gonna do it because Stan had a nice part in the first one, you know? Because it would be a good time to jump on it now because mall culture, like brick and mortar store culture, is almost dead. Like oh, yeah. the 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 mall in Altoona is. It's it's going out of business in some stores and the whole mall is purchased or I heard and like there's a lot of storefronts that are just drying up and closing up because of globalization. Well everything's changing. I mean fucking yeah. I don't know. People people don't want to go to a mall anymore. People have just adopted this laziness and trust me, I'm at the forefront of this, but uh I'd rather fucking give Bezos some money and wait two days and have the book I want rather than go fucking to Barnes and Noble. And it's sad because there's nothing like it to me. I'm I'm a fucking bibliophile. I buy books that I hope that I'll read someday. I got a fucking bookshelf full of books that I haven't read. And it's like I love walking through a bookstore, but yeah. I would rather just buy it on Amazon for cheaper and have it in a couple days, you know? I'm not known for reading, uh, like, fiction, nonfiction, that kind of stuff. But there is definitely something about walking into a bookstore or a especially, library. Especially like, a I'm, used bookstore. Like, there's ghosts in those pages, man. Yeah, there's, man. There's it's tears crazy. That are, there's tears that are dried into some of those pages of somebody that's been dead for a long time. Oh, yeah. But once you get to, to read and you feel what you're reading, I mean, there's there's so much to be said about um, – I don't know if it's back to a totemic thing. It's just something that is touching to the human inside of all of us. This might sound stupid. I don't think I've ever told even my wife this story because it's kind of inconsequential. But the first time I ever went to New York City was with her when she was in college yet. We went on a bus and uh, one of the highlights of the day, we went to this gargantuan fucking used bookstore in Manhattan. And I I found a copy of Desperation by Stephen King hardcover. It was like six bucks or something instead of the 30 it should have been or something. Yeah. So um, I read it cover to cover and everything, but right on the first page was somebody's Metro Pass that I used as a bookmark that I still keep in that book because it's, I don't know, it's its like a fucking ghost in the machine, you know? It's, yeah, it's no, cool I get it. to me. Yeah. It I was somebody's that. fucking Metro card. They used it up, used it as a bookmark, and I'm using it. I mean, that was 2004, maybe, and it's yeah. still in the book. I can go get it right now. You know, and it's just cool to me that uh, there is so much to be said about literature and writing and, and, you know, the technology of language that is so special to people. And like, it's the only real way that we can live forever, live forever and, and have a civilized understanding of the emotion of another person. Yep. Yeah. Whether it's perceived or real or, yeah, I mean, I mean, think about just to harken back to Stephen King. Like he was a fucking kid younger than us when he wrote Carrie in like late sixties, early seventies. And 
I mean, that book's 40 years old, and they're still, it's still in print. Yeah. 40, 40 plus years later, and the man's putting out books every year. You know, he's a 70 year old man now. And I wish I had the ability or motivation or just love of words that he does. I wish I had the attention span. Well, because, that too. Yeah, me too. Because, man, I'll fucking go hard at something for the longest time and then just give it up, you know? And Yeah, like I, I have damn near an entire novel in the first, you know, the first draft of it almost completely done. And then one day I woke up and I lost the attention that I was giving it completely. It just, yeah. I, it just fell flat on its face. The wheels fell off and it caught on fire. That was it, man. Yeah. Like I have yet to even reread any of it because. Yeah, mine's still in my Dropbox too. I have a. Uh, no, it's actually in my uh, Google Drive. Anyhow, I have like a 200-page novel. I got 200 pages through. Shelved it for one reason or another. I think I was busy at work or. Yeah. Something, you know, and I just shelved it for a while, and then like. You know, eight years goes by, and then I yeah. find I find my fucking book on the shelf. I read the back of the book, and it's like that's the book I was writing, and that I drives think, all fucking desire out of you for it. It's like, all right, so somebody just hive minded my brain, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I, I was just like looking at the calendar today, and I realized that it was about this time three years ago that I started conceptualizing the book and, and yeah. writing it and it's been a year and a half since I've even considered like I've tried I've tried to go back to it and write on it but it's just you were a different person then I'm a different person now than I was then yeah I I feel like because I just recently opened it was it's definitely on the Google Drive um I opened it and I looked at it and the last time it was modified, it was like July of 2010. And that was basically just adding a couple sentences. I think 2008, I wrote the bulk of it. So you figure 11 years ago, I was like a 25, 26 year old man. And yeah. I wasn't in chronic pain every day then. And like, I was a different person then for me to even take oh, the yeah. story fragments because it's, 200 pages but it's like a fucking fragment of a much larger whole i would have to rewrite it all in my voice today exactly and there would there, it, it there just would seems be... almost too daunting but it's not 200 pages is nothing i could voice to text it and it wouldn't take long you know yeah, but that's it's true just, it's mentally taxing to me i would rather talk about dumb shit on a radio show and hopefully take off with that well, and I, you know, I think writing is such more intimate of a, a thing to do, honestly. Like, it is bare soul on paper a lot of times. There have been some things that I've read that were just gut-wrenching from the pit of somebody's being. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, oh, yeah. and honestly, I try to hide from a lot of the parts of myself that are down there. I yeah. just push them down a little bit harder at times. I, uh, oh man, I, I'm not trying to make this the Stephen King podcast, but uh, <laughs> he's, he's like 
one of the main fiction authors that I'll, I'll read all his shit. And it started when, I don't know, I was about, it was about vacation Bible days, you know, Bible school days, like when the yeah. bookmobile would come next door. Oh, man, and park. I forgot about that shit. So the bookmobile was there, and um, I got Pet Cemetery. It was the first one I ever read. And I remember I was like 11 or 12 years old, and I read, read Pet Cemetery cover to cover. And it fucked me up, dude. It was the first scary, like, what in the fuck, you know? Yeah. It, it scared the life out of me. And, you know, as an adult now, I look back on it, and I actually rebought it. I'm going to reread it here soon. It, It's even worse as a father. And... I'm I'm sure it is. Like, there's a lot of things that I remember from those days that, um, you know, as a parent now, like, I think about it and, oh, my God, it's it's a completely different well, viewpoint. I mean, it's a completely no, different viewpoint. Exactly. Like, just, just to talk about Pet Cemetery, like, um, I, I don't remember the student's name that gets run over that's following Lewis Creed around, but uh, his story's tragic as fuck. He was just going to school. He gets run down, and then he's, like, attached to Lewis Creed the whole time and the 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 obvious pet cemetery thing that everybody thinks about is gage getting run down on the street and as a parent that's like everybody's unconscious worst fucking fear yeah and stephen king with a cocktail of beers and cocaine ramped it up to 11 somehow and made it even scarier it's like hey what if you could bring him back what if you could bring him back and it's not him and he's evil as fuck that fucked with me, dude. And from then on, like, I I think he's one of the best contemporary authors, at least, you know? Well, and, and honestly, his book sales show it. His still, okay. his his writing still shows it. I mean, he's he's obviously gifted with his, words. And his sons are, too, dude. If you ever get a chance, you should read some Joe Hill. Joe Hill is his, I think, his eldest son. Um, he, his real name's Joseph Hillstrom King, but he wanted to stand on his own merit and motherfucker is definitely standing on his own merit because, um, the first time I read his, I think it was his debut novel called Heart Shaped Box. I'm like, this reads like old Stephen King. Who the fuck is this guy? You know? And then I looked yeah. it up and it's like, he looks exactly like Stephen King too. And because <laughs> in those days he wasn't, he wasn't disclosing it. I mean, yeah. obviously he and his dad knew and his mom knew and everything, but then yeah. like it kind of like broke out or whatever that, Oh, he's actually Joe Hillstrom King. That's why it sounds like Stephen King, you know, because he probably grew up reading his dad's novels and right. shit fucking chomping at the bit could you imagine no i really couldn't it's like, it's like hey buddy you want to read something check this hey out. i just i just first drafted this novel in two days son would you like to read it you know fuck me that would be nice i don't know i feel this is a hell of a thing but like just doing something like this i feel like i have reawakened this fire inside me the creative that, drive, you mean? Yeah, the creative drive, the yeah. fucking... I haven't felt this way quite 
since I was like writing original music in a band and shit. Yeah. And we're not going to change the world with problematic cast. No. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> it's it's definitely but, a goal, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be achieved. Look, I wear my inspirations on my fucking chest too. Yeah. All right. If you if you if you go back to 2010 and listen to three West West Virginia boys, uh, in the McElroys, yeah, starting out with my brother, my brother and me, you wouldn't think they'd be at the heights they're at now. They just released a second graphic novel from a fucking podcast they do playing D and D with their father, dude. Yeah, I, uh, I I watched the lecture that he did at it was what Florida State. Yeah. University. Yeah. Like I Griffin wish I could have been there. It was so good. Yeah, like he gave an outstanding lecture that like, was really motivating. I mean, it was truly motivating. motivating. Heartbreaking, fucking oh, yeah. hilarious. Like he's just amazing, you know. And um, those boys definitely had a good upbringing, and for them to be able to go around with their old man now and play fucking Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> How cool would for, that be? For sellout shows, you know? Yeah. yeah. They never thought that. Do you know why they uh, started that podcast? They started that podcast because Justin went home to have his first child with Sydney, and they needed to do a uh, recorded, a pre-recorded episode while they were doing, he was doing paternity leave with uh, Charlie his eldest daughter. Okay. So they pre-recorded an episode just fucking around playing Dungeons and Dragons with their dad. And everybody's like, this is fucking awesome. You need to keep doing this. So let me just plug again on the pod, the adventure zone to you since you're, yeah. we've always been into like role playing games and yeah. magic, the gathering and all that dork shit. Trust Another- me. This isn't the late 90s anymore, man. There's a fucking drive for it. There's people that love this shit, and they will monetize it, you know? it's Honestly, there was a time in within the last decade that I was a co-creator on a whole role-playing universe. Um, you know, I still have a lot of the original concepts uh like diagrams and a lot of the notes and um the system like well maybe it's time you uh get back with your partner and make that work because that could be your fucking thing you know well and it was it was definitely um it was not dungeons and dragons we weren't yeah. built we weren't building it to be like a, a polar opposite of D, but we were building a game that we were going to want to play yeah we were building a game that we were going to want to build. You know what I mean? Like change things the way that we think it would work best. And using, so maybe it's time for you to, uh, I don't know, forward this episode to Maddie and tell him it's time to fucking get the band back together. Well, I mean, there, I mean, there if is, I can do two podcasts, I can do three. Well, and I, I'll do would, fucking 40 if it means we're going to, be another McElroy situation you know <laughs> I, I certainly wouldn't complain about the workload because no. um it was something that I was really excited about and I was really driven towards and honestly my novel 
was going to be a fictional um, representation of I was writing that novel within the world of the role playing game that oh, we were shit. creating. So it was oh, going to be shit. It yeah, was so gonna, it was going to stand as part of the lore for the game itself. We had a lot of um, interesting ways of tying in different formats of media and different people's uh, playing sessions into the game world itself. But I, I don't want to time to I don't want to go too again. far into it because I don't no. want to like no, I don't want to talk too much for for, you know, copyright reasons. Um, I don't think you got to worry about him. I think you no, would be fine. But um, no, I don't mean from him. I just mean for like if we do decide to resurrect it and, and do something with it, I don't want somebody hearing it out there Rise and trying to imitate your grave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Man. I mean, I know that sounds kind of selfish, but in today's world, the fastest one with the invention is the one that gets the patent. Exactly. Why does it seem like every time we actually turn the mic on, we have a very good conversation? Because we were we, going nowhere before that. <laughs> I, I just think that we ignore the fact that the recorder is on. And yeah, I think we that just helps. have so much to talk about at all times that it just kind of flows naturally. That's always how I was when I played in bands, like live music and shit. Like, yeah. uh, I would I would play to one person, usually my girlfriend, who is my wife now, Um and the other people just kind of faded away, with the exception of one time when we played a uh, Battle of the Bands at Shippensburg University. Okay. And it was hard to ignore, like, 200 people there. Yeah, no doubt. But it was fucking wild, dude. Like, 200 people doesn't sound like a lot, but it was a, it was a lot then, you know, to me. Cool I, fucking was, story. <laughs> no, I was actually, like, I was going to add to that as far as, like, doing live things. Like, I know there are groups that do live shows, live podcasts, live, mm -hmm. you know, like, open mic kind of setups. And, you know, I think it would be neat to uh, to see what the audience thinks or anybody that listens to it and see what their interest would be, you know, in doing live shows or um, something like that. You know what I mean? We're definitely not bookable for children's party <laughs> <laughs> i just saw that picture that was my response to that We're i think that's i think that's the podcast not. art <laughs> that yeah i think it, it might is. be the episode title too <laughs> stan hail stan hail stan <laughs> <laughs> is that a cabbage patch kid that is fucking yeah creepy. with a hoodie on i don't know why i have that picture in my like pictures folder but it's there and it's yeah it's definitely creepy when was the crazy ass cabbage patch fucking fiasco when everybody was getting like ganked over cabbage patches and shit that was 80s yet i believe like late 80s probably i uh, probably are like mid to, to early 90s when do was you, cabbage patch a thong do you remember the fucking tickle me elmo madness <laughs> Oh, yeah. We were definitely a little bit older when that bomb exploded. I want to oh say God. that was around when Sean was born. So we're talking 96, 97-ish. Yeah. 
I know yeah. he was born in 97. I mean, like, I feel like when was, he was a baby was when that was taken off. Yeah, it was mid to late 90s, I believe. I mean, I'm not. Um, my memory is certainly fallible. So. 1983 was the year that Cabbage Patch Dolls came out. That's not what I asked, though. That's not the year that it went fucking crazy. I'll bet you but, there's a wiki page for it. I bet you I don't care enough to look. <laughs> after Tickle Me Elmo, though, it was like uh, Furbies and Beanie Babies and shit. Oh, man, there's Beanie Babies on eBay still for thousands of fucking dollars. Yeah, but nobody's buying them. That's the thing. The perceived value of something only works if somebody else has the same perception, you know? Yeah. And that's the show. Walk do, do, do. <laughs> that is a summary of capitalism. <laughs> God, no, it's... for real though. Like when when we think we're being like just fucking little snippets, like that's pretty much it, you know? Yeah, I mean. I mean that's the... not a hot take. That's not a fucking original thought, but something only has a value if somebody else will pay for it. Like. Somewhere, probably in your belongings, somewhere, maybe in your ex-wife's house, there's a silver briefcase full of magic cards that somebody would pay money for that are mine. I but, have a, I think, I don't know the gallon container size, but it is a gigantic green tub of Magic the Gathering cards from the whole way back to the dark and third edition Um from way back then to, uh, I want to say probably about five years ago. I now, haven't bought anything new for about five years, but. Now this is, man, I just had a thought. I wonder if there's any like live Magic the Gathering podcast, like like, like the Adventure Zone is playing D&D, like people that... playing, somehow playing Magic, but making it funny. That would know. probably be a little more difficult because yeah. of we'd not being able it. to see. Yeah, we'd have, have to do it in the same room. It would have to be a video podcast too, I think, yeah. because when when you're playing Magic, a lot of times, like say for instance, you're playing one of the computerized versions, yeah, like the video game, like you can look at the board and see what you need to do. Yeah. So if like the audience would see a move that you don't make that you fucking lost the game for, like, you know, I don't know. But D&D, there's always been a just, it's just people sitting around having a conversation and you oh, roll yeah. dice to see yeah. if the conversation goes that direction. Like that, that was always the lore of it for me. Yeah. Like the, the siren call, so to speak for oh, yeah. pen and paper RPGs was just the fact that you're having a mutual imaginative experience with other people and the dice are pretty much just uh, the the tether to reality for it yeah that's pretty good descriptor um that's the only thing that keeps you inside of the fiction of it is the fucking dice rolls yeah and um you know the more that we're talking about this like the more i am honestly i'm thinking Back to when I was starting to like I'm we actually thinking I'm black. I'm thinking I'm black. I had a a play test. We had a play test one time for the game that we uh -huh. were creating. 
and uh, it didn't go over nearly as well as I thought. And I think that really hurt me. My, it hurt my ego more wow. than anything because I, I mean, didn't I didn't really know how to comprehend the failure of the play test. I mean, that's like, when you start again. Like, well, and I didn't then the person I was, I didn't understand how to how to handle the criticism and the just criticism by who the 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 self-sustained criticism or somebody actually criticizing there you know we asked the players that were there um to to give us their honest feedback and like a lot of the stuff was it was it was honest it was raw you know there was some alcohol consumed and everybody was just as straight as they could be and like i don't think i knew how to process i'm too much of a perfectionist and I don't yeah. think I knew how to process what I was being told that was wrong with the system that we were building. And I think it fucked up my desire to do it. I think but, also, uh, just to circle back, is you're a different person now, too. And it might be time to open that fucking door again. Well, I know I have a lot more of an ability to um, accept criticism and to learn from criticism. That's a very important part about criticism is the willingness to learn from it. Anybody yeah. can call anybody a fucking idiot, but if they have like, here's your your documentation, like then it becomes a little more viable. You know what I mean? There are two wolves inside you. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens with you those f- two wolves? You feed them both. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. This one didn't give me a headache, but I feel like we're wrapping it up. Um, yeah, I, I think I think we're getting close. Um, we're at 45 minutes. Like, I felt like it was harder to get 45 minutes talking about birds not being real. It's like, that's, I don't know. It was just such a ludicrous fucking idea <sighs> that it was really, really hard to, to just keep on the subject of it like, because of how stupid it was. I felt like we summed it up in two minutes, and then I'm like, yeah. oh, we got to keep going with like, this. We, we could have just released that as like a, a short clip on Facebook video. Two-minute mini-sode. <laughs> yeah, it would have just been me being like, hey, check this out. It's pretty well bullshit. Here's why it's bullshit, or in my opinion, you know— that's the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think it takes a lot for us to be able to openly talk shit on what we're doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, oh, yeah. Let's wrap it up. I kind of feel like I hit a wall. So, um, Roger, Roger. Um, that was problematic. As don't forget to wipe the butter off your lips. Outstanding, yo. We'll see you next time. Probably later this week. Bye.